topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. We set goals to, to be able to, that we think uh, are ambitious, but we think that we're also in a position to be able to accomplish at the end of the year. I think these are uh, goals that are ambitious, but uh, uh, are also realistic. Welcome into the Phoenix 5-0 show brought to you by the Public Affairs Bureau here at the Phoenix Police Department. We're coming to you from 620 West Washington in downtown Phoenix. I'm your host, Ryan Cody, uh, here in PAB alongside, as always, Lieutenant Vince Lewis. Thanks for being here. You bet. Hey, guys. We have quite the show today, and there's a lot of relevance and importance this week in particular because uh, Interim Chief Michael Sullivan unveiled his four-pronged crime reduction plan, how, how he plans to reduce violent crime by 5% in the city over the next year and then 8% uh, reduction in property crime. So obviously those are some lofty goals uh, for you know, the increased crime that we've seen over the last several years. Um, you know, but Lieutenant, when you, you had a chance to read through some of this stuff, was there anything that really jumped off the page to you initially? Well, I think overall when you approach uh, crime uh, reduction from a planned, uh, well-thought-out uh, direction, it's going to give the officers on the street all the way down to the officers down on the street and the police assistants who are down on the street some direction on where to go with it. Because you, you, you train for so long, you get the experience underneath your field training officer, you go out there with a badge or you know a, a ticket book and you say, go out there and do good. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I kind of have an idea what that means, but really on the day-to-day, what does that mean? So I think the advantage here now is it gives us clear goals, clear direction from the top on how we're going to help make Phoenix safer. And that was interesting. Um, Chief Sullivan did some media interviews this week, which we'll be hearing from him in just a minute or so. But one thing that all the reporters seem to ask is, like, what's the difference between what was going on before and and what's going to happen in this plan? And and his reaction was always kind of like, well, it's it's clear now. It's on paper now, as opposed to go out and do this stuff, which was already happening. Now, now there's an actual piece of paper that can be referred to that says, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it. Sure, and, and you know, there were plans, plans for Homeland Security existed prior to 9-11, but mm-hmm. we learned a lot of things after that happened. So take a look at what's happened over the last, you know, couple of years. We survived a pandemic, or, you know, those of us that are still around know the hardships that we went through to get through that. It's a different world now. We're rebuilding, we're relearning, we're re-embracing those physical uh, relationships, the contacts that we have on the streets. So is policing different now in today's world? Quite honestly, I think it is. I think we've evolved. And what's going to help us with this crime plan is that clear direction in today's terms, Mm -hmm. using uh, intelligence to help direct us, data to help drive us. And we're going to continue to reach out and involve community because in the end, that's who's going to make sure that things uh, stay the way that they are in our absence. So there, this crime plan is available. You can read it at phoenix.gov slash police. But let's give you a little bit of an overview. So there are four areas that it really boils down to. Uh, it's focusing on, one, the most violent people, two, the most active places, three, prohibited possessors, which we'll get into in detail in just a bit, and then four, violent offenders who have outstanding warrants, making sure that it's a priority to round 
those offenders up. So without further ado, let's get right to the source. Let's hear from Interim Chief Michael Sullivan on those focus areas and why he chose them. Talk about the four focus areas, you know, which is the most violent people, a focus on them, those most active places in our community with, uh, with disorder, uh, then those prohibited possessors, those folks that shouldn't be in possession of firearms that are, that are out there committing crimes. Uh, they've already shown a propensity uh, that they're willing to break the law. Uh, just by carrying weapons. And then finally, when we find out somebody has committed a crime and they're wanted, uh, that we work very, very hard to pick them up very quickly so they can't continue to victimize people in the community. Interestingly enough, and this is something that we hear Chief Sullivan beat the drum about all the time, is prohibited possessors, you know, in the, in the, the city of Phoenix. And, and one example that we use here is we sit here, you know, right now this week, 16 officer-involved shootings uh, in the city of Phoenix, 11 of them were people who pointed guns at officers and were also prohibited possessors, meaning that they were not legally able to possess a, a firearm to begin with. Uh, so this is certainly uh, an area of focus for him. I, I imagine those numbers jump out at the page to you as well, Lieutenant. Right. So growing up in Arizona and knowing the, you know, the Second Amendment, being familiar with the Arizona Revised Statutes when it comes to those weapons and things, those, those rules are laid out quite clearly. But I want to take uh, time to pay particular attention to the people and the decisions that are being made by people in those situations. Whether that individual knew that they were supposed to or didn't, you know, we're going to focus on those areas. It's, we want to get away from just blaming the object and let's take a look at the behaviors. Let's take a look at the decisions that are being made. Uh, when somebody's told you are not in a position to where you can own or possess a firearm, that's huge. I mean, uh, we're talking about uh, something that has a lasting impact on not only the community, that individual, but those people that they interact with. So focusing on this particular area is, is definitely a priority. Focusing on prohibited possessors and making sure that we hold them accountable to the full extent of the law. Uh, that's incumbent on the police department to put together very, very good cases and present them to the, the county attorney uh, or the U.S. attorney. And I've been meeting with both of them and, and have commitments that uh, we are going to work very, very hard to make sure that we hold folks accountable. Because what we see, whether it's an officer-involved shooting, a suspect in those incidences, or uh, a violent crime, a non-fatal shooting, a homicide, what we see way, way too often is uh, there were opportunities because there's misconduct and weapons charges in their past. Uh, and, you know, we have to take those crimes seriously because it's a great predictor of future violent crime. The county attorney's office and the county attorney herself, uh, we meet on a regular basis and uh, we're both focused on reducing crime uh, here. You know, we both also have frustrations sometimes with uh, part of the judicial process that's out of our control. Uh, we'll continue to meet. I meet with uh, her. I also meet with the U.S. attorney uh, on a regular basis. I think you'll hear, hear more conversations here in the, the, the coming weeks. Uh, about what those conversations uh, entail and, and our plans to work together going forward. Another part of this plan, Lieutenant, is the idea of determining some of the most active areas. Now, these, you could say hot spots, you could say parts of the city where there is more crime than others, and this is why it's important for Chief Sullivan to put this in the plan. You know, it's areas where we see high levels of violence, uh, but high levels of disorder as well, and, and complaints from the community. Uh, so some of these places have had challenges for years and years. Uh, some of them, uh, it, it's, 
it's something that we use data to be able to, to drive what those areas are. And, you know, it's, it's the crime data that we have to be able to drive where we see those most active areas. What I'm looking for is not for a, a plan where we surge uh, a number of police in and, and then we leave and nothing changes. What we're looking for is, is root cause change. And uh, that will be done in collaboration with the community. And, and while I have this overarching plan, we're asking uh, precinct commanders to put together action plans with their community uh, to be able to really solve problems. So the message that I'm hearing from the chief is that we're not talking about bad neighborhoods or neighborhoods that are labeled as being bad. We're talking about active areas. Data will tell us where the calls are coming from and what the concerns are. That's where the, your relationship with your community action officer is so important. But in addition to that, the next section will be focusing on violent offenders with outstanding warrants. And it's already working. Year to date, you know, what I would tell you is we're down in homicides. Uh, so, you know, we are continuing to work very hard to make sure that we hold folks accountable uh, wherever we can. We have the most incredible detectives in America that work very, very hard to clear client, especially violent crimes. And those numbers are great, L- Lieutenant, but, we're, you know, we're looking at a situation here where we're down about 500 officers. It's no secret. Um, so to have such lofty goals while also doing it with far less people on the street than we should have, this is probably going to tax some of our folks. I mean, is that something you would agree with? Oh, well, yeah, on its face when you say, okay, everybody's relying on each other to do more with less, but are we really? I mean, and that's where the data is going to help us. So when you take a look at the, the information that we have in front of us and you let the intelligence lead you to the areas where you need to put your laser focus. I think that makes it even more important that we're focused and that we actually have a plan. Uh, so we can be as efficient as we can with the limited resources we do. Uh, that being said, uh, our department, uh, we have over 100 uh, recruits that are at, in our academy right now. Uh, that's much different than the place that we were last year where we had um, you know, recruit classes that were just a tenth of that size. Uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, we'll continue to work uh, to grow this department. Uh, but until till that time, we'll work with what we have. We also have increased our professional staff, whether it be civilian investigators, police assistants, uh, to really be able to uh, uh, make sure that the, the folks that have the badge and the gun can do that work uh, and do that work more efficiently. We, we also have a, a summer crime staffing uh, plan where we've asked our folks, uh, detectives that are out there, to come and work some patrol shifts. To, to make sure that we have the coverage that we need out on the street. And we're asking our patrol officers to work harder. And the, and the men and women of this police department step up every single day to do what they can to, to be able to deal uh, with this shortage of police officers. But we're seeing improvements in hiring and, and uh, look forward to seeing what that looks like at the end of the year. It's great to have, you know, so, many, so much professional staff taking on a, a bigger part, a bigger role in this department. You know, but we are still down 500 officers, um, and a lot of them, I'd imagine, are listening and paying attention to this plan, wondering, you know, where do we fit into all this, and how are we supposed to stay safe as violent crime could be potentially increasing, as it is everywhere. How, how are they going to stay safe? So the strength of these uh, relationships, not only between the officers and their chain of command, but also the officers in the community, whom they see probably more often in a day than their chain of command, 
that's going to be huge. So we want to make sure that the officers and the police assistants and those who have that contact with the public have the tools and the training that they need um, when they're looking at implementing tactics such as using time or distance or proper cover and shielding and less lethal options and, and taking the minute or two that it takes to kind of build a rapport. Taking a look at it from a, a step back, if you will, from a higher level, those are the types of things that are going to keep not only uh, our team safe, but we consider the community a part of that team as well. We are looking to protect the victims, we're looking to protect ourselves, and then we are looking to do minimal uh, necessary amount of uh, force on those people that we're looking to actually you know, get contained in these, in these scenarios. So right. I think there's a lot of great information that can be gleaned not only from the community but also from the officers who are going to be implementing this plan. Yeah, and I felt like when Interim Chief Sullivan was speaking uh, to a member of the media in what you're about to hear, I, I felt like he was kind of talking directly to our officers. Take a listen. Yeah, we continue to give the officers training, but we also uh, hit the drumbeat of uh, time, distance, and cover. You know, take your time uh, and, and make sure that's your friend. Uh, keep your distance where you can and, and use cover. Uh, use good tactics all the way around, and, and our folks were seeing it every day. Uh, the amazing uh, work that our officers do and uh, and avoiding and de-escalating situations. They do an incredible job. So there's a very broad overview of this crime reduction plan, which, again, has a goal of decreasing violent crime by 5% in the city and decreasing property crime by 8%. So uh, we'll see how that, how that goes. It already seems to be working based on the numbers that we have, but... Lieutenant, do you have any, any final thoughts on this entire plan? I just know that I've gotten the assurance from you know, not only uh, those that lead us, but the chief himself, that we're going to hold ourselves accountable. And we invite those uh, of you that we partner with in the community to hold us accountable. Take a look at you know our, our websites. Find out who your community action uh, officer is. Stay engaged at the precinct level. Um, send those, uh, the, you know, those suggestions our way. Take a look at the use of force policy that has just been released in draft form. 44 substantive changes have been included in that based on uh, the feedback that we've gotten. So we definitely want to continue the chief's mission to be a self-assessing and self-correcting department. And like he says, we're all in this together. All right. Well, yeah, let's, you can all check the plan out yourself online, www.phoenix.gov backslash police. Uh, is a good place to to check it out and read for yourself. Until then, I hope everyone has a great day. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.